Hey everyone, my name is Jace Lee and I am so excited to be launching Wellness Wednesday. In each episode, I will cover different topics about wellness and focus on raising awareness on mental health. As a disclaimer, I am not a licensed professional. Everything that I'm going to talk about is based on my personal experiences, my opinions, and a lot of research. I can't diagnose anyone, but I will provide resources and tips with each episode. So let's grow, learn, and go on this journey of wellness every Wednesday. So now, while I'm not a licensed professional, I am a first-generation recent college graduate from New York City. I studied communications and really hope to use that to make a positive impact, starting with Wellness Wednesday, which is part of my mental health awareness platform, Give Some Hope. And what better way to kick off this series than to talk about how it came to be. Now, let's travel back in time a little bit to quarantine. Quarantine was hard. I mean, even turning on the TV was tough because it was just tragedy after tragedy and bad news after bad news. And it just became so repetitive. I mean, life just kind of stood still. And I started noticing that a lot of people, including myself, started struggling with our mental health and there was one night that I was laying in bed overthinking per usual I was just sitting there all anxious trying to think about life and I had remembered a time that I did a class assignment and I had to write out how to cope with anxiety and I used all of those coping skills in that moment to help me with the anxiety that I was dealing with. And I started thinking, there's probably so many other people that are struggling with this right now. And these coping skills really did help me. So I decided to take a leap of faith at three in the morning or two. It was, it was late. It was like two or three in the morning. And I made an Instagram account. And I decided that I wanted to create a mental health awareness platform to help people. But realistically, I wanted to do it to also help myself in what I was dealing with. So I launched this Instagram account at like 2 a.m. And since then, there were so many ups and downs in terms of creating this platform, creating the brand. I deleted the account and redid everything at least two times because I'm crazy and a perfectionist and I wanted the aesthetic to be perfect. But through all the ups and downs, I am so proud of what it has blossomed into. And I am incredibly excited to finally start launching a lot of the projects that I've been working on for Give Some Hope and share it with all of you, like Wellness Wednesday, the podcast that you are currently listening to. But Give Some Hope is so much more than just a platform. It's a safe space to start a conversation. It promotes self-love. It provides tools, information, spreads positivity, and so much more. And with everything that Give Some Hope stands for, I wanted to create a logo and a symbol that really embodies everything. And I decided to use a sunflower. So all over my IG, you see sunflowers everywhere because we are all for the sunflower aesthetic over here. And I grew this love for sunflowers. I never really paid attention much in the past, but when I started researching and trying to create this platform, I really fell in love with this sunflower because sunflowers just stand tall and in the darkest of spaces they always find a way to face the sun they represent positivity and strength and that's what gives some hope is all about 
through our mission, we want to provide a space where you feel heard, supported, and empowered. And I felt that Give Some Hope was not just a platform, but a community. It's a place for everyone. You're part of Give Some Hope. Anyone who wants to be empowered or wants to empower others, anyone who has a story and wants to be heard, wants to support other people, these are all qualifications to being part of the Give Some Hope community. And what better way to be part of the Give Some Hope community than to be represented by a beautiful sunflower? So with being a platform that wants to start a conversation and wants to make a difference, I felt it was only right to kick off our first topic of discussion with suicide prevention. September is National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. This is the last week of September. So I wanted to make sure that we covered this topic because suicide prevention is not something we should only be talking about in September. It's something we should continue to talk about. The more you talk about it, the more knowledgeable we become on the warning signs, on the risk factors, and the more of a chance we have to helping people. It's something that we need to continue the conversation on because it's a huge public health concern. I mean, more than 47,500 people die by suicide each year in the United States alone. It's insane to me how high that number is and it just continues to increase each year, which is a problem. So I wanted to make sure, and I will continue to reiterate this, that we talk about it and that we become aware of the warning signs as well as all the resources that are available to us that we might need to use to help somebody one day or even for ourselves because things happen and we never know what somebody is going through. Now, there was a show that came out a while ago called 13 Reasons Why. And prior to it coming out, I did read the book. So I was really excited to see the direction that the producers were going to take with this show and what the directors were going to do in bringing this book to life. And I want to focus on season one because that was one of my favorite seasons of the show. I felt like it really captured the rawness of what people go through and it, it brought the book to life in such a unique way and in a way that we've never really seen on TV. And there was a suicide scene in the show that was removed from Netflix. But moving forward with everything I'm going to discuss, I just want to point out that I am going to spoil the show for anybody who hasn't seen it. I won't go into any details, but I am going to talk about the suicide scene. So if you haven't seen it or you haven't seen the show, just be aware that there are a few little spoilers. Nothing crazy, nothing that's going to damage your expectations of the show. Kind of just what goes on in the trailer. But I figured I'd throw it out there that I am going to be talking about 13 Reasons Why. If you haven't seen it, it is about a high school girl who takes her life and leaves 13 tapes. One for each person who she felt was responsible towards pushing her on making the decision to take her own life. The scene with Hannah Baker, who is the main character, where she takes her life is... She is in the bathroom in her house and she's in the tub and everything is kind of sinking in. She is in the peak of all of her emotions. She has already come to her decision. She already recorded her tapes. She was at an understanding where she was going to make this decision to 
kill herself and she slits both her wrists and kind of just fades away in the tub with all her blood this was an, an incredibly hard scene to watch i mean the realness and ugliness of it was just so intense but real is sometimes ugly and i feel like that's what the directors and producers of 13 reasons why wanted to show is that not everything is pretty not everything is romanticized when it comes to showing mental health on tv there are people who do commit suicide and not everyone has this moment where they decide they're not gonna take their life and everything is happily ever after at the end there are there is ugliness to real to what actually happens in real life and when the show came out with this scene and with the show in general a lot of people uh boycotted it a lot of people had negative things to say a lot of people just kind of demonized it in a way because they felt that it romanticized suicide and the suicide rates was going to go up and that's just not true i mean it was proven to not be true research showed that suicide themed media generally do not show that fictional media is associated with viewer suicide and that was based on uh psychology today uh platform that does research and that I got this directly from and I agree I think we need to open the conversation of suicide and continue to educate ourselves because it doesn't increase your chances of committing suicide you don't plant the seed by having a conversation of suicide if you talk to somebody on suicide it doesn't mean that tomorrow they're going to go and commit suicide it's really important that in the way we have these conversations we do it in such a way that's educational and understanding of people's feelings and that's why i wanted to go over just four different ways that you can have this conversation especially if it's somebody coming up to you and you feel like they are expressing certain signs that may indicate that they are suicidal or maybe somebody will come up to you and directly say I am suicidal I want to take my life I have made my decision I don't want to be here and in the case that anybody has or will go through this conversation I've been through it myself I've helped a lot of people who have been struggling I've directed them to counselors and therapists and resources that I felt were helpful for them. And it's a very tough and heavy conversation to have. It's not something that is easy, which is why I will repeat that I think it is so important that you educate yourself on suicide prevention, on the topic in general. That way, even if you're just having a normal conversation with somebody, you're properly talking in a way that's helpful and you are aware because sometimes people talk to us and we're not aware of the signs in the show 13 reasons why hannah baker the main character she did try to reach out for help she went to somebody in hopes of talking to them and they didn't recognize any of the signs and she shut down none of her friends realized anything that that was wrong not even her parents while they felt like something was wrong they didn't think it was 
as deep as she was feeling it. And that's sometimes the problem is that we all have such unique brains and such particular thoughts and feelings that match ourselves that sometimes we forget that not everyone processes and takes in everything the same exact way. So with all of that, let's break down four ways to go through this conversation. Now, the first thing is you want to listen and be there for them. You want to be supportive of whatever they're going through and let them know that you are listening. You want to keep them talking and make sure that you are actively listening because a lot of times we listen, but we don't actually process what people are saying. So make sure that you're actively listening to what the person is telling you. It's okay and actually encouraged to keep the conversation going by asking questions like, how long have you been feeling this way? Have you been getting out as much? And keep that conversation really going. Get to know what the root of the problem is. Let them know that you actually care and you are there to support them. The next is stay in touch. Suicidal thoughts and feelings are a sign that that person is in deep pain. So if you have this conversation and you you did everything you felt like you could and now you you know you move on you kind of go about your business make sure you're staying in touch make plans for the next day make plans for the future try to go out with them try to say let's meet up for lunch tomorrow and actually go and meet up for lunch keep in contact with them because like i said they're in pain their pain is so deep they probably feel alone and like they aren't heard make sure that you are that person and also be mindful that it's not your place to judge allow the person to take the lead in the conversation without any judgment remarks or without getting so intense it's a tough conversation to have and you don't want to overwhelm them by being aggressive and telling them well this is selfish and you don't actually feel this way or you're being dramatic like these are all trigger words that it's not your place to say to them it's nobody's place to say to somebody who is feeling so low and in so much pain that they're trusting you or to talk to you about what they're feeling or to even have the courage to come up and let you know like I don't want to be here anymore so really listen actively stay in touch with them allow them to take the lead in the conversation don't be judgmental and don't be afraid to suggest professional help connect them be that bridge for them to any resource it's not your job to be their therapist and fix their problem but you can be that bridge for them you can connect them with the resources even if they might not take it in the moment at least do your best to provide it for them make sure you're following their lead that's the third thing follow their lead and take breaks you want to be supportive of whatever they're going through and let them know that you are listening keep them talking about everything that is happening in their life just like i said earlier you want to make sure that you take breaks sometimes it's hard to want to like stop the conversation because it's so intense and you don't want them to feel like you you don't want to keep talking about it but it's okay to to in the conversation when you feel like there's something you know if you feel like it's necessary 
don't be afraid to say, do you want to continue this conversation right now? Or do you want to take a little break and just allow yourself the time to process? Because while we're actively listening and being aware of their feelings and their emotion, you also need to be aware of your emotions and on what you're processing because it is a heavy and tough conversation for anybody to have. And you need to be able to process everything correctly so that you can help. And like I said, you want to be able to help them connect to any resources. This is not uh, an easy topic. Suicide, sometimes people say things to us and we don't even think that they're talking about uh committing suicide taking their own life we don't think that their pain is that deep because like i said our minds are all different our feelings are all different we process everything so differently because all of our emotions and our thought process are tied and personalized to ourselves so make sure that even if you don't think that it's something that deep feel free to help them connect to any resources that may be available when I was an RA, something that I've never personally read this in terms of research. This was something that I was trained when I was an RA in college. And it was when a resident or anybody, because we were mandated reporters, and uh, I personally as an RA did handle a lot of wellness issues, which were people who were depressed, suicidal, um, anything that fell under the realm of wellness for some reason all of my residents kind of dealt with that and that was a lot more that I was handling opposed to busting people for alcohol and smoking it was really mainly wellness issues and what I was trained to do was to ask the person if they had a plan And this is an uncomfortable question and a little morbid, but if someone does tell you that they are planning on killing themselves, I was trained to ask, well, what is your plan, if you don't mind me asking? And, or how do you plan on taking your life? Do you have a plan? And usually if somebody had a plan, they would just say like, yes, and they will tell you. And that is an enormous red flag because somebody who is already decided that this is the decision they want to take they're informing you on the decision they're going to take and they have a plan mapped out this means that they are at an extreme risk and you know you need to connect them right away it's your job to to send the security and all this stuff in a more you know the way they handled it was very cautious and very um respectful of their feelings it wasn't like you know, security came and locked them down, but they were more at risk. So we checked in on them more. We made sure that we were providing them all of the resources and help that they needed. And this is something that I realized is based on you, on what you feel comfortable with. Make sure that if you decide you're going to ask this person what their plan is, be empathetic and respectful when asking. It can go a long way. It it doesn't hurt. It's not like asking them is going to put the idea in their head. Sometimes you ask people and they weren't really thinking about killing themselves. They were just high in their emotions and they're like taken back by it. And they realize how serious you're taking it. And that makes them feel like 
you really care, which you do if you're taking that extra mile to be there and listen and ask these questions. So it does go a long way. I've personally used it only once off of my experience and the person did not have a plan and they, you know, were not that far in on their decision and I was able to take them to the counseling center in the school and make sure that they were getting the help that they needed. I checked in on them um, regularly and I made sure that I went out with them to get coffee and they became a friend to me. I became a friend to them and it was more than just me checking in to make sure that they were okay and then I disappear. I was building a friendship because I genuinely did care for this person. And when you care about people, you want to make sure that you're noticing the risk factors. Sometimes we don't notice these risk factors and warning signs because like I said, we all process things differently. We all take in things differently. So I wanted to just go through the list of different risk factors and warning signs of suicide. These are not all of them. There are a longer list, but these are the ones that I feel are a little bit more common that you're going to come face to face with if you ever are in the situation with somebody who may be feeling suicidal. So the first one is depression. The next one is anxiety, loss of interest, irritability, anger, humiliation, any form of shame, PTSD, uh, any sudden relief and improvement. And that one I wanted to talk about because not a lot of people are aware of this. And if someone is extremely depressed and suicidal and they've been in a funk for a long time and then all of a sudden with the flip of a switch they have this sudden relief and they are thanking everybody and kind of saying their goodbyes or departing or separating themselves or they are suddenly all improved all well everything is good with the earth and they are at peace and this was like a a switch and i don't mean something where they've been working on themselves i mean like a sudden switch like they just decided today like Yesterday they were really sad and then today they're like super happy and super ecstatic. This is when you really should pay attention to somebody extremely well because a lot of times when somebody has this sudden improvement, it means that they've already come to terms with their decision and they're happy with their decision. So they know their pain is going to go away soon. So they tend to get extremely happy leading up to them making this decision. And that doesn't mean that this is 100% of the time that somebody is depressed or sad or going through something and then when they improve suddenly that they're you know 100% at risk it's just something to be aware of something to keep a close eye on when it comes to the people around you and for anyone who is listening and maybe you yourself have felt suicidal depressed or so low and in pain, I wanted to just share a quick little message for you. If you ever feel yourself changing where you aren't loving the same, laughing the same, or smiling the same, if you ever feel tired of everything or like you can't get through whatever it is you're going through or you just can't get things right, I want you to know that you are not alone. And your feelings are 100% valid. You have every right to feel what you are feeling. And you are not the only person who is feeling this way. Being strong doesn't mean 
that you have to be the loudest person in the room, that you have to not feel anything. Sometimes the quietest voices at the end of the day whispering, I will try again tomorrow, is the strongest person. Being strong is deciding that you are going to push through and get through the next day and just take it one day at a time. And it's okay to not be okay in quoting Demi Lovato, one of my favorite artists. (laughs) You know, sometimes we're not okay. And that is okay. It is okay to go through our emotions. It's okay to feel what we're feeling. The chances of us being here right now in this moment and alive and you listening to me right now is 400 billion. One out of 400 billion. That means that you are an incredible gift to the universe. One, And one day you're going to look back at everything you have overcome and realize how strong you are. Realize that saying one day at a time and I will get through this again tomorrow is you being so strong. So keep going. A little progress each day adds up and you will get through whatever it is you're going through. For anyone who is struggling with suicidal thoughts, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24-7 in English and in Spanish. The number is 800-273-8255. There are also posts on warning signs, risk factors, and general information of suicide prevention on my Instagram at give underscore some underscore hope underscore. And I want to just thank you all so much for listening. And I cannot wait to keep talking more wellness and covering more topics on our next episode next Wednesday. See you then.